Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain and Anne Guest. Welcome along to episode 132 of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. I'm Paul Spain. Um, I'm Di Henwood. Hey, great to have you back on the show, Di. It's, yeah, uh, it's, it's been, been quite some time. Yes, it's been, a, it's been a, a, a while between drinks, but it's good to be back. Great. Now, uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to recently. You've, you've had a few, uh, a few shows around, yes, around so the been, country. Yes, I've been gearing up. Um, we've obviously been with um, Seven Days on TV3, and we went into a break, and that um, was the beginning of the New Zealand International Comedy Festival, and I've... Um, uh, just been working on a new show, um, which is called Adapt or Die, Humans Are Awesome, Let's Celebrate, which is about how huma- humans are the best animals, not saying that other animals are bad, and um, how why we should celebrate, because we've invented technology and so forth, and we often give ourselves a hard time. So I um, did a brand new show of that, and it went really well, and was lucky enough to sell it out, and filmed it for a DVD, which is coming out around Father's Day. So A DVD? A DVD. It's my second DVD. That's pretty cool. Now, is there going to be a, an online sort of version? Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, okay, so there's it's not just be, old school technology. No, downloadable online. Um, there's gonna, I'm also going to be releasing it in little bits and bobs, so people can get free tasters, and, uh, and of course, your, your straight-up DVD from... JB Hi-Fi or yeah. Oh, very nice for uh, birthday presents and Christmas presents, right? Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Oh, that's really cool. Well, um, we know that you're a big uh, a big technology fan and uh, and actually pretty uh, usually pretty up with the place. So looking forward to uh, to some discussion this evening. Uh, now, we, uh, we when we were chatting through this one, we decided we should have a bit of a focus on uh, on the decisions related to buying smartphones, so there's going to be a, a little bit of a, uh, I guess a, uh, a smartphone buyer's guide on this podcast. Yes, I now I buy and sell a lot of phones because I'm yet to find my perfect phone. I sell them on Trade Me, and there's this awesome thing. Just as I send it, when I get a message from them, I go, "Hey, you're not that guy." <laughs> Die Henwood, and I've actually had to sign a couple of phones that, oh, that I've sent to so people. Funny. And then just, to, and I always get this really paranoid thing. Just as I send it, go, I hope I cleared all that data. On, the, <laughs> I hope I didn't leave all my all my numbers on there. But um, no. So I um, since I was last on this podcast, basically in the last six months, I've been through the um, been through the Lumia eight twenty, the Note two, the Nexus four, um iPhone 4S and, and 5, um, and I'm yet to find exactly what I like, and um, that standard Samsung Galaxy. Is it actually possible to please you, Di? No. No. Many, many people have tried, Paul. And um, <laughs> How does your and, wife handle the challenge? <laughs> it's, it's an ongoing experience, <laughs> but it's, it's all good. Um, but no, my, my problem is, I, I used to be a self-confessed Apple fanboy, and um then I started sort of going, getting a little bit of interest into Android, especially when the um, Samsung Galaxy, that first sort of flagship Nexus phone, came out. And uh, I, I had a play around with Android, and I really liked it. Like, um, I think because I'm, I'm very much a Google person, like I, um, for contacts, email, and so forth, mm. and the, the Gmail experience is obviously far better. Um, on Android, so I started playing around, and now I don't know whether it's been for good or bad. Because now I feel, at the moment, I'm with the Samsung S4, um, which I'm loving because I've got that and the iPhone 5, which I sort of keep going back to. But the S4, once you get that little bit extra screen and good battery and a few um few of the extra features, you know, it's quite hard to hard to leave. Yeah, one's got to presume that Apple must have their up their sleeves for the next release a bigger screen again because, you know, the the iPhone five was that bump in screen size to a four inch you know, now we're seeing, you know, one of the phones we've got here is this uh, you know, the the Nokia uh, Lumia five twenty. Um you know, two hundred and eighty, three hundred dollar handset, and it's got a it's got a four inch screen. You have got the same size screen as a you know thousand dollar plus uh, iPhone, and all of the top phones from every other vendor other than Apple has you know four point three, four point five, four point seven, maybe five inch screen. You know, and then you got things like the Note two as well. Yeah, and I love the Note two um, for the pen, the the mm. S stylus, the spin. 
The S Pen. The, the S Pen, yeah. Um, because I, I, for me, as a comedian, I find writing is how I remember better, so I'd write set lists on it, mm, mm. and it was great. The one thing that... Takes and me back to the Palm Pilot. The old, yeah, when you get out and get out your little stylus. Yeah, but it actually was so effective and um, for drawing and um, annotating things was amazing. Media, though, and I still have trouble with, um, for instance, iOS is far better for sharing photos and videos and sending them. You take a 30-second video, it compresses it and sends it. You take it, use Android, you've got to put it onto your computer to compress it down so it's big enough, you know, because it keeps it at that 20 meg. A, a few of the native little things with an iOS are very useful. For, mm, um, absolutely. I, I, I do find, I don't know whether it's a carrier issue or um, I find if people send me photos from iPhones, they often come up as weird multimedia things that I can't open on an S4, so then I have to use apps more like whatsapp and so forth for getting videos because um it differentiates the mms from the sms a lot more yeah whereas ios seems to combine that i think that iMessage is an amazing feature and i thought i i thought google when they came out with their hangouts might have tried to integrate sms a bit more because that seamless thing of where the user's doing nothing Mm, the user mm. is just choosing the contact it throws its hands out there to find whether um whether they've got the sort of corresponding phone and um and service and then it just becomes an iMessage. You're yeah, not doing yeah. anything, you're not trying to log into anything or and and I I think that's the the way Google might go, but Yeah, I mean we it's becoming quite fragmented though, isn't it? There's so many different uh you know, competing technologies to sending an SMS today and not everyone can use all of them. Uh, I mean, WhatsApp is probably, you know, that's the most universal, uh, you know, one that there is that allows you to send those messages and so on. Uh, but then we've got Viber and, you know, and, yeah, and, and Samsung have got their their flavour and, of course, you can do that sort of thing sort of within Skype. Uh, you know, so it, it's becoming it's becoming a bit of a, a, a confused space from a communication perspective. And if, let's say, you go from iPhone onto something else, uh, or you're not using your iPhone for a little while because you're using another phone, and you forget to disable iMessage. So people that send you will think they're sending a text message to you. It, you know, it, it goes over iMessage, and, and, and you don't get it because, oh, yeah, I've, I haven't turned that well, off. Well, I had that because I flicked it off on my iPhone but not on my iPad, so then that was getting all these messages from people. People were wondering, and, like, yeah, oh, well, you no. know, why, why am I being, you know, not ignored enough. by die? But it's not – I think it's – Unfortunately, it's not an app that's going to win this. It is what people choose to communicate. I have one particular friend who only communicates via Facebook Messenger. So I have to have that app because that's how I communicate with him. Then I've got my 10 people on WhatsApp. Then a couple of people I know strictly only have text. Then there's Haytel, which is sort of this walkie-talkie type app from a few years back. I've got two people that only communicate with me on that. So it ends up becoming a person-to-app thing, not an actual, right, this app. You know, because you could go, sure, WhatsApp might probably be the most feature-rich one. You can do your voice, photos, the whole shebang. But it's not like everyone went, cool, this is the app, we'll grab that. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, oh well, um, yeah, I think you just have to deal with that. And, and fortunately, you know, uh, you know, we don't have such a fragmented sort of range of platforms at the moment that, um, you know, you go onto one platform and find that, you know, a bunch of those don't run. Most of them run on the main platform. So not, yeah. such, a, not such a big, uh, you know, issue in terms of ability to run it, but that, that may change because we've got, you know, a whole lot of new mobile platforms that are, uh, you know, that are, that are trying, to, uh, trying to launch and, uh, and win some market share over the next year or two. Yeah, and the fight to find the perfect phone. Like, like I could say I'm being finicky and being picky because I can't find the perfect phone, but that's because I love gadgets. And, I mean, I think it's a, it's a joy that companies like um, 
Google and Apple have been responsive to each other, that Apple has chosen not to cut Google out, not to stick to their rules of you can't have a competing app on the server, on this iOS, i.e. Chrome. Well, I think think part of that, you know, potentially comes down to antitrust, uh, you know, laws and, you know, if... Because, because certainly Apple did change their change their tune on some of that, you know, going back a you know a year or so, yeah, cause like, where, um, where they were locking a whole lot of things out, and then uh, you know suddenly, oh, the story is has changed. Yeah, because Google now on on iOS is basically a, a version of Siri that mimics a lot of Siri's. Um, capabilities, capabilities yeah. which is um, I, which was basically the main update mm. uh, a, a couple of updates ago for Apple. That was their flagship thing of what we're bringing. That's right. And um, Google now, I don't know whether they're just kinder to New Zealanders, but Google's voice recognition seems far better than I. I I I thought I'm going to put myself at the mercy of Siri, and I'm going to ring whoever. It actually calls when I I'm driving, so I'll, I'll target it and, what and happened? go call Ben, and then I'm calling some guy from school who I haven't <laughs> spoken to in ten years. I'm calling like Todd Schroeder or something. Ben go call Ben. Did you mean Todd Schroeder? And did uh, no, I just meant I meant Ben. <laughs> <laughs> so did Todd enjoy having a chat with you? Yeah, I, I hadn't caught up with Todd for a while. It was a bit. Old. We didn't actually leave on good terms. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant! Now, um, as well as talking smartphones, there is a bit of news that's happened in the last in the last few days. A few bits and pieces that are coming up ahead as well. Uh, now, one of them was um, myself and um, and at least one other person got shown around uh, some new technology that uh, that Vodafone had been playing with uh, last week. So wanted to have a quick run through on on that. Uh, there were two particular pieces that stood out. One is the new, uh, the, the sort of, the, I guess, the next stage of Vodafone's network that they're looking to go with once the, uh, uh, the extra um, uh, frequency sort of frees up from all the analog TV signals that are getting turned off. And that's already happened in a, you know, a chunk of the country. And by the end of the year, those little, you know, the analog TV will be gone entirely. Uh, so they, uh, they showed us uh, a technology called LTE Advanced with Carrier Aggregation. And what that allows is uh, down- download speeds potentially of up to 300 uh, <laughs> megabits a second. Which when you think about that, that's that's considerably faster than what ultra fast broadband delivers. Yeah, uh, I, and we I watched kn- we watched some demos of sort of you know content coming through on it and three D movies and you know watching four you know four high definition streams at once and so on. And yeah, if you actually could use that whole bandwidth, it's uh, it's it's pretty phenomenal. Well, that's it's amazing. It's, I, I was also seeing a similar Samsung were testing what they called five G. Um, overseas a couple of weeks ago, which That's was right. along this principle where they were they were trying to go even higher, where they think it might be in ten years time. Yeah, or something. in ten They're years time, sort of you know gigabit type uh, speeds. For me, I must say that I, I like I love I love all this stuff because the faster the better for me. Fast Fast and Furious is not just a movie; it should be the way broadband behaves. Um, I. For me, I must say I'm more concerned with rollout because what they've got at the moment, 4G-wise, is sort of very small pockets. And when it works... I I was on Telecom at the time that they released 4G. Telecom cracked open their pipes for four days. I was getting 16 down all over New Zealand. I think they did it so when anyone did comparisons over that weekend, they all sort of, then it all dried up a bit. Really? That's yeah, it was bizarre. I wonder how they could I got 16 do down on Telecom and Taupo. Yeah, which, um, which you should in theory be able to get now with uh, with dual carrier on a regular basis, but you don't see that very often? No, like now it sits between 5 and 10, which is respectable considering a lot of home broadband sits at that 3 mm. to 5 or sometimes 1. <laughs> but but yet rollout for me is the thing because 
to me, we're getting in a situation a wee bit like the States is in. You know how you talk to people over there and you you pick carrier based on or what you, your carrier you so delivers. For sure. For instance, two degrees is amazing if you're in the right area. And um, I, I think if we start seeing rollout in terms of full cities when the whole of Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch has it, I'll be very intrigued because speed is a good thing. And I just hope that carriers choose to raise limits. I um, would love to be able to put more than three gig on my plan. Absolutely. But there's no way of doing it when you're on a plan. You just have to run over and get the cost. You can't go... Because I went over my um, cap very early and I just want... Could I for twenty twenty bucks buy another gig or mm, whatever? Mm. There's no options for that. So I think if you're wanting that sort of, pace, you should be at which network are you on now? on telecom. Oh, okay. Yeah, Vodafone. You can buy another gig for twenty dollars. Yeah, just which is, which is is quite handy, and you can I think you can keep doing that as long you know as long as you choose to. But you need to make sure that you do that because if you're just paying the casual rate. It's you know it's crazy money. You can end up spending hundreds of dollars. Right? Yeah, and look, if you're getting up around three hundred down, <laughs> that gig's disappearing quite quickly, especially streaming now. Because if you're getting that sort of bandwidth when you're hitting movie um, um, content delivery sites, they're going to err towards high def if they can deliver high def, obviously. Mm, mm. And especially coming back to smartphones when we're getting these 1080p displays. Mm, mm. Everything looks amazing. So you'll be shooting through three gig and half a day. Yeah, well, you, you could yeah you could shoot through it in, in, in minutes potentially at, at that sort of speed. So um, yeah, but it, it was cool to see that. One of the things they pointed out is they are pushing forward on their rollout around the country. So they've got uh, Christchurch coming online, uh, I think, in, in June with uh, with their four G LTE network. Uh, they've got Queenstown, I think, uh, coming on. They just did an announcement down there. Um, so that's coming on, I think, a few weeks later. And there's a bit of noise in the background. It's yeah? a bit of rain. That's some heavy rain. Um, so, yeah, so they are moving along. And then, of course, Telecom are going to kick off on their rollout, and we're going to end up seeing that around the country. So yeah, it, it is heading in the right direction, I but I guess it's going to take some time. To see how quickly Telecom go in terms of once they go, mm. whether they could... Because they could really push ahead if they d- did like a mass rollout. And then... Because obviously they're in, a, they're in that sort of um, um, marketing thing of they can, they can market to the whole of New Zealand very quickly. Absolutely. Um, now, the, the other thing which uh, Vodafone showed off, which uh, I believe Telecom have, been, have done some testing with themselves... Uh, but this was some of the other technology from uh, from Nokia Siemens who, who you know provide their network pieces. Uh, is some boxes called um, Pico cells or small cells, and these are you know much smaller than a normal cell site. Uh, you know, sort of the size of a of a small briefcase. And what these boxes allow them to do is um, you know deliver service to somewhere between say one two hundred users. And it might be in a mall, it might be in a, in a tall uh, building which doesn't get very good coverage inside, uh, you know, such as some of the, some of the CBD buildings around, you know, Auckland, Wellington, Christchurch and, and, and so on. Actually, you get inside the building, you think, we're right in the middle of the city, we're going to get great coverage. And, yeah. oh, oh, can't get, uh, can't get a decent they signal They could hang, here, hang right? a few of them off the Sky Tower like a cork hat. Yeah, well, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Just deliver, <laughs> deliver it to the masses. Exactly. So, uh, so w- one of the things they said is in a big building, they could put one of these every three floors, for instance. And so, people at the moment that aren't getting aren't getting signal get covered right throughout that uh, that building, uh, shopping malls, and even small towns where uh, yeah, they can just roll these things out really quickly. They don't have to go through a resource consent to putting up a big ugly cell tower. Uh, so you just get consent from the business to store yeah, can, it. In can, there. I, can I plug this in in your cupboard? Yeah. Oh, yeah, sweet as. Uh, as long as we get some extra coverage, that's fine. Um, so, you know, that, and that, that will that, change, the, change the whole picture around filling in some of those sort of, you know, areas that at the moment cause frustrations. In fact, uh, one of the companies that we work with in the city, um, you know, my company's put in, uh, you know, one of the one of the little Vodafone uh, shore signal boxes, yeah. So that at least some of their staff can get a decent signal within their building. Now, 
you know, one of the one of these boxes, uh, a Vodafone drops one and just you know solves the whole issue. It'll be much much but better. But even even on the street that I live in, there's a weird dip at the end, and that causes this strange reception issue. Right. But so you w- could just say, look, I'll have one in my, uh, in my under my bed uh, yeah. to uh, to to cover this part of the but street, that, and that w- w- would probably be talking about seven houses. So it'd be. <laughs> You know, yeah, so they might. They might not. Uh, I don't know what these boxes are worth, but I imagine there there are there are a few k. So um, it'll be interesting to see what situation they put them into. When when I asked them around numbers, you know, how many of these things are, are they likely to do? They said at the moment they've got about fifteen hundred. Uh, if I've got the numbers right, around fifteen hundred cell sites in total around the country. Yeah, um, I think I've got that right. And they said there's a, basically the potential to roll in another fifteen hundred using these small cells, so they would double the number of of sites they've got. Obviously, these having much sort of smaller uh, coverage, but it could fill in a lot of the gaps. Uh, and then, of course, they've got new cell sites going in with the rural broadband initiative. So um, they're talking about the coverage of, you know, at the moment, I think we get 97% of the population in New Zealand sort of covered with cell. Um, with these changes, that should bump that up another percent. So we're 98. So we're getting very close to sort of, you know, really, really broad, uh, broad access. You know, That's- they're becoming less and less places where it's an issue. It, it's an important issue, I think, because I drive up and down the whole country a lot. And when we say we've got 97% coverage, that is the uncovered areas are huge. Yeah, and, and people do don't realise... How do you calculate that 97%? I think it's based on where, where people are rather than actual you know, yeah, geography and so it's on. It's sort so. of where people claim to be during the census um, because yeah. you don't realise that... W- Far more than 3% of New Zealand are actually in the 3% because whether you're driving on the roads or so forth. Well, you certainly cross over those those that yeah. 3% and when, more regularly than you'd when, think. When you're on tour and you're sitting in a van and you've got a five-hour trip, it's the perfect time to bang out emails and so forth. And it's so frustrating because no, you often skirt. I'm sure a big percent of that 97% is that sort of within the... Thing like a few atmospheric conditions, you're gone. Well, I mean, emails you can write an email and send, you know, send it later and so on. But you know, it's the, the fact that we, we're used to, you know, like mainlining the internet. Yeah, like, we exactly. Wanna be, we want to be hooked into <laughs> yeah. a, to a, you know, that th- connection all the time. I want three hundred down when I'm in Tokoroa. No <laughs> mucking around, thanks, mate. <laughs> That's what it's about. Um, all right, so yeah, so Vodafone have got some stuff going on. I imagine Telecom will be, you know, behind the scenes. They'll make some announcements, but it's good to know that you know the networks aren't sort of sitting back. Uh, you know, I imagine two degrees in time will make their announcements around four G as well. But uh, all this stuff's got to be good. Now, the other point, uh, probably important to mention for those that think, oh, great, in a few months I'm going to be getting this sort of speed because we haven't had an announcement of when. Uh, but the other point is. That uh, you know, the the more users that come on, you split that up. So if you had a yeah. hundred users on a three hundred megabit connection, and everyone's trying to download at once, well, that three hundred becomes you know three per head sort of thing. Uh, so you know there are all sorts of you know, challenges associated. Where we compare that to ultra fast broadband, if you've got a hundred megabit connection between you and the exchange. That's, got between, a, that's directly between you and the exchange, and if there's a fast enough, you know, link at the exchange, then you could get that full hundred megabits, which, which you know, just isn't going to happen on a connection that's shared with lots and lots of people on, uh, you know, on a four G LTE link. Um, might be different in the countryside though, where you've only got a few users hanging off a cell site. Then you might get some pretty good speeds. Quietly, um, Stoke did some investigation on where my UFB rollout is, two thousand nineteen. Oh, oh yeah. the magic 2019 <laughs> figure. I think that's what they put in when they haven't actually finalised it no, for your area, yeah, that right? that means in the so future. That means sometime between whatever their their uh, map runs to now yeah. and 2019. <laughs> because right. they're rough. I, um, I don't, yeah, cause I don't think they've been that happy with the actual pickup of it. Yeah, um, it's been interesting. Um, I don't know if you listened into the chat we had with um, Graham Mitchell, who's the CEO at Ground Five. We just did that a bit, uh, maybe about three oh, no, three episodes or, or so ago. But yeah, it's interesting to have a little bit of a you know to to hear that uh, you know that that update and you know some of the things that they're expecting will sort of drive uh, drive that. Of course, telecom coming on board as a you know, bigger player helps, and I think when Vodafone come on board, that stuff will help. 
but there are all sorts of challenges. I think people are scared. I was talking to uh, uh, one of the guys here today, and he was saying, oh, well, look, I'm in the zone for ultra-fast broadband, but oh, I'm not sure about getting it because I think we have to dig up my driveway, and I don't want, to, don't want my driveway to get destroyed. So there are all sorts of sort of reasons why people are cautious about the, no, you know, about but, the change. Um, they, they do fill it back in, though, eh? Like, they don't just dig it up, put the cable down and take off. I don't know. <laughs> well, there you go. There's a bag of concrete, mate. <laughs> Cover it up when you're good, ready. Good luck, yeah. Uh, I mean, when I had it put in, uh, you know, it was uh, over-the-top one, so it was, you know, coming off the power pole, so it wasn't too much uh, too much of an issue. Uh, now, other bits coming on. Um, now, Google, we just heard uh, today... Uh, talk of uh, of Google deploying Wi-Fi blimps in Africa and Asia. You've got to love Google. You know they just want to connect the world. Connect the world. Who? What are you? Are you doing anything? No. What do you, What do you want to do? Oh, blimp, blimp some Wi-Fi out. I reckon. So you get onto that. That is. I mean, I I really admire um, what Google does. Um, with their um, connections of the the Kansas and the cities that they've been doing in the US. But it's really encouraging people to show that Wi-Fi has to be out there. And in a way, I feel envious of some of these um, cities that that sort of thing will be rolled out to because you've got African cities and like there's a lot of cities in, um, in Eastern Europe that have skipped the 2G, 3G, thing because they never had that so they've gone from zero to ultra fast broadband because they sort of mm-hmm. never had this weird middle ground that That's we it. that we adopted then we sort of got stuck in yeah so they're just coming hitting the ground with modern technology and good on google for connecting the world you know because Think of what it can do and can encourage entrepreneurs, um, a whole other um, uh, sort of industry in in Africa that would never be able to uh, access the outside world at high pace to actually deliver. Well, you've got a whole workforce there at the moment, right? That I mean, they're they're not av- they're not available to the rest of the world. But if you can hook them in. Uh, you know, suddenly their earning potential and so on, you know, goes through the roof. Yeah. So yeah, this this is fascinating if it's true. I and mean, also- it's just just some rumours that we've uh, that you know that have gone online, uh, you know, today that we've heard about. So I think this will be fascinating to uh, to watch if they can pull something like this off. And and obviously they've got to in some way make it sort of. Uh, uh, you know, pay for it, pay for itself. But uh, you know what what they've done with rolling out the sort of the gigabit, um, oh, the gigabit um, Ethernet the, um, fiber, yeah, yeah. In, the, in, in the US. You know, there's some very happy customers there. Yeah, and uh, you know if they can uh, stir things up a little bit, and uh, you know, and and bring good connect- connectivity to places where it wasn't wasn't there before, uh, I, th- I think that could be uh, could and be pretty cool. You've you've got to really. Um, Ask the question that all manufacturers of smartphones, tablets, it's, have got to support things like this because a smartphone is useless unless people have got uh, connectivity. And if you've got Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi blimps that it's Wi-Fi is a good wi- word for them. Wi-Flies. If <laughs> <laughs> you've got these Wi-Flies, okay, Google patented. Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> if you've got these Wi-Flies, well, they could miniaturize it down to fly yeah, size. Yeah, they're actually. just flying be around. Really cool. Follow you around. If they're distributing this, say, over a small town yep. and giving connectivity to this small town, then all of a sudden. People are open. Yeah, know? and if those guys aren't clicking on enough ads, Google would just say, well, we're going to fly off to another town. Yeah. Screw you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How harsh would that be? <laughs> oh, I've just got my business up and running, and oh, Google decided to ditch us. They, uh, yeah, they decided. We um, need 100 click-throughs per day. Yeah, per this, this wasn't making any, any more money than, uh, than Google Reader, so, uh, <laughs> so we just took it out of the air. I suppose that is the notorious, the, um, the notorious problem is Google definitely, they have these big ideas, but they're not afraid to cut and run. <laughs> no, no, if it, doesn't, if it doesn't pay the bills for them, right? So I guess, yeah, there, there are a, 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 a risk or, or, or two associated, but... Uh, well, yeah. Let, let's let's hope some of these things come uh, come come together. Uh, now, uh, BlackBerry are uh, getting pretty close to uh, to launching in New Zealand. Are you going to be lining up for the new uh, BlackBerry Z10 or the Q10 with the with the keyboard? Yeah. Well, uh, I um I've been last night actually. I was doing a lot of um, looking into the Q10. Um, it's sort of 
it's almost nostalgic enough for me to want to get a QWERTY phone. But then I realise, oh, hold on, the problem with a QWERTY keyboard is it doesn't disappear to give me more screen real estate. No, no, you've got half it's, the screen. I'm sort right? of stuck with it. Yeah. And whenever I see images of it, like, I must say I quite like the look of having it because it's, it does feel quite retro. I mean, mm, a BlackBerry mm. was the first smartphone I really used um, as a power user to sort of triage email and so forth, and it was very, very useful. But now, like, we're looking at the moment, we're looking at a chair full of basically every all of the, the high-end smartphones that are out there, and they're utilising these amazing screens because at the moment... There's 1080p screens out there which are just becoming the norm. These beautiful high-def screens which when you're taking photos, they're amazing. Taking video, amazing. And that is one of the main things people are using phones for. There is definitely a market and BlackBerry must be praying that their market is still there, especially their enterprise market, because that's where they shift a lot of units. And, I mean, they're bold now. They're rolling out with the BBM rollout to um, Android and iOS. Yeah, that's going to be fascinating. You know, Apple haven't done anything similar. Uh, You know, it is... um Definitely a bold move from their part, and they're realising that they've they've got to really play hard if they're going to win uh, win the market share, right? Yeah, well, I mean, what would happen if Apple rolled out an iOS uh, uh, an iMessage app to the Google Play Store? Well, they'd probably sell a lot less device. You know, they'd probably sell less devices as they're concerned. Yeah, right? they're, they're concerned. People think, oh, well, we can stay on this, and we don't have to stay on the. Uh, you know, yeah, people, people can change hardware, We're, but BlackBerry's coming from the other end. They've got such a small market share that that you know doing this could uh, could help them gain, gain some traction again. Yeah, I mean I, I, that BBM thing. I think if anything, it won't so much gain them traction as it's almost another way of advertising of getting more coverage right, <laughs> out yeah. there because it's a thing of people are talking about BlackBerry. It's getting yep. back hey, into we've the installed BlackBerry Messenger. Have you installed BlackBerry Messenger? Yeah. And then that will then get people looking at the devices. I must say, I full full credit to them, and also full credit where. Um, Windows Phone has been um, is, needs its dues. It's, it's nice seeing people introduce a new OS. Like that's not that's actually got different features. It is a different take on gestures and so forth. I'm getting a wee bit dubious about gestures because there are too many, uh, too so many gestures on different devices. Yeah. What, what's your, what's your take on? Um on the Samsung Galaxy, you know, S4 with, you know, some of its sort of eye detection and, yeah, yeah, and you know, the, some of the, you know, hold your finger above and, you know, the various swipes and so on. When you've used it, because you've been using it for a little while now, yeah, I've now, um, I've, what are the things that you've sort of thought, I must, I must have this on, and the ones that you've decided, the, I don't, yeah, I'm just not going to use? The hover, I quite like. Um, hover over it to then um, then it'll bring up either a link like an email it'll yeah. show you more display I quite like that because it's quite if you're just pottering around looking trying to find a text or whatever yeah. a lot of these features aren't, nece- aren't necessary is a bit harsh aren't um, ne- needed but they're a nice little bit of icing on the cake um, so I do, I do quite like the active aware with your eyes, your smart stand, and so forth. So you know you're looking at it because that was always an issue of mine. You know, when the just as you're getting to a good point, uh, your phone, or unless you're actually scrolling, your phone goes to sleep. Yeah, your phone goes to yeah. sleep. Yeah, that was a great, uh, you know, addition to the S3, wasn't it? It's really stood out. Yeah, and I must say, what I'll give Samsung is it works. Their stuff works. Mm which is um, full credit to them because they're not going light on features. You can't, when you buy something Samsung, you can't say, if I had a couple more features, I'd be into it because they've got all these features and to their um, developer's credit, they work. They come to the market with them and they work. Sort of the opposite of Apple who are, here we go. We've got this announcement. We've got Siri. 
But wait, See you later. There's, there's more. There's more. Yeah. And there's always something up their sleeve. But. Yeah, but but, uh, but I mean, it's not like they roll out. Okay, we've got 30 major features coming out not here. Not at all. Um, yeah. I definitely noticed with the S4, you've got quite a more robust um, widget selection of things to toggle on and off. Like oh, there's a huge selection, isn't there? So, yeah, but... And half of them are turned off by default, which, which you know, always strikes me as, well, if they really believed in this feature, why wouldn't it be turned on? You'd as a, you know, from the get go, so that was just that was just there. Everyone should be using that. Yeah, I, I, I t- I'm always curious about what that. What's the what's the rationale? Is it? I mean, and I think part of it is some of the features you need to learn how they work, right? Yeah, you know, so you, so you, you turn on, on the smart scroll, and uh, oh, actually, how how does this work? And and I think if it's just turned on and you don't know how to use it. Uh, yeah, you can get a little bit confused as to what's going uh, on. I'll give a, a tip out there to anyone who has got an S4. Here's something I um, found through digging through menus: is d- doing the ear adjusting the volume for your specific ears. It's got this ear test that you run, and it plays all these different levels to you. And you click yes, I can hear that. No, I can't. Yes, I can. and the optimized sound is amazingly better than the default. It just tweaks it all around, tweaks the mids and that. And once well, I you're do- a bit of an audiophile, right? Yeah. So if that if that stands out to you, it's definitely uh, definitely something worth checking yeah, out. Yeah, and it's also something because I found the volume a bit low, right. generally, yeah. and yeah. it would always go, "Oh, you sure you want to turn it up?" <laughs> yeah, I love yeah, be you, careful. Yeah, that is could you're deafen right the your edge. son. Going, well, I must be really deaf if this is going to deafen me from turning it up. <laughs> no, but it's something that you just sort of... Because, you know, within the Android menus, and especially the um, Samsung menus, because it's such a feature-rich de- device, it's worth of a Sunday afternoon, and you'll need a good part of a Sunday afternoon, just toodling through all the menus and tapping that. Because something I finally taught my um, parents, right, was the thing of... Just touch it. Just toggle it. See yeah. what happens. Yeah. Because yeah. the the uh, previous generation is so. Oh, might break it. Might break. Just go. No. Or nothing can go wrong. It's worth just toggle it and see what happens. And if the desired effect is what you like, <laughs> do yeah, it. So yeah. Good. No. Have a have yeah. a to do through the menu because it, it is very fe- feature rich. And I suppose that that goes with anything these days with sort of the different features out there. Yeah, I mean it's it's not quite the same as yeah fiddling around with your computer and you might completely mess something up. Uh, you know, much less likely to happen on on your smartphone. And you know, unless you're sitting on the other side of the world and you've uh, you know you're you're streaming big videos and you've just toggled the switch that you were told not to toggle that you know turns you on to data roaming at four G full speed. Yeah, and, you, know, <laughs> you end says, up with a ten thousand dollar bill. If it says data roaming, don't do it. And um, yeah, that doesn't apply to just cruising through <laughs> deleting terminal <laughs> files and so forth. On your computer. <laughs> uh, now, um, news that just came through, I think this was today as well, is that um, Samsung on the 20th of June, so a few weeks out, um, have uh, have a bunch of new uh, devices uh, coming into the market, which it seems to be really regular from Samsung. You know, we, we, we're used to sort of Apple making... Yeah, maybe you know two or th- or three sort of you know reasonable sized uh, uh, you know announcements through the year, but uh, Samsung have such a broad variety of devices across yeah tablets, phones with Android, with Windows Phone, they've got laptops and yeah uh, such a variety. So um, yeah, apparently new um, Android and I think Windows uh, Phone. Uh, devices as well as um, maybe uh, laptops and, and, and tablets and, and hybrids and whatnot. So uh, so we'll keep a watch on uh, on that one as well. Uh, but uh, in terms of little bits and pieces, other bits for this week, uh, we've got uh, we've got a little booklet here actually, haven't we? This was a uh, a book that I think came out last year called uh, My Little Geek, uh, which was. Uh, written written by uh, a couple of people. Who was it written by? Andrew and um, Sarah Spear. That's right. Um, and they've, I, they've been kind enough to send a few copies up, uh, so we've got some here for uh, for listeners as well. It is superb. I've just um, I've got a five month old um, child myself, and looking through this, it is um, insp- read a, read a couple of the examples. What, what, out. what we have is it's beautifully illustrated um, uh, children's book, and it's the A to Z for 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 your little geek, and it's A is for Android, B is for binary, C is for caffeine, E is for electromagnetism, D is for dongle, F is for fiber. G is for genius. Have you worked out how you're going to explain these to your 
you know, to your boy when he when he's a bit older? Um, what I'm looking forward to is when he's three or four, him explaining the few things on the tablet that I haven't figured out. <laughs> because what I've been... Um, the conundrum of technology is something I've been in deciding with, you know, obviously don't want to sort of just here you go, here's a tablet, watch cartoons. Yeah. That thing of exploring apps and so forth. And I think I think more things like this, and this is a just a, a hard copy book. This isn't an app or so forth, but they've got a, you mentioned they yeah, might so come out just, with an app. They've just is, launched on Kickstarter today, actually. They're looking for funding to release two more of these children's books uh, and there's and, and an app. Uh, so if you if you Google uh, My Little Geek and Kickstarter, you'll come up with that page. Uh, we'll put a link up um, on. We'll probably put a link up on the website uh, if I remember as well. Uh, and we've also got some of those to uh, to give away. So if you visit the nztechpodcast.com site, uh, we'll give details on what you need to do to uh, to get in get into the draw if you're interested in uh, in getting one of those if you've got a toddler or someone you know who's who's got a a, a youngster um i'm i'm looking forward to my boy uh, going through and uh, and and learning this is a little bit a little bit ahead of yours but uh you know i'm going to struggle with explaining some of these you know um my Q is for quantum mechanics r know. is for rube goldberg machine <laughs> Um, I must say, Andrew and Sarah Spear, um, congratulations on this. And I think everyone, everyone who's got a mild interest in tech or a great gift, because it's not something that you see see everywhere. It's a great gift, and it is um, gorgeous. Like it 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 is is beautifully illustrated. It is. It's stunning, and this has picked up attention all around the world. Media all over the world. A lot of the tech media have picked up on it because it's just outstanding. So I hope they do really well with that Kickstarter campaign. I mean, it's only been running for a few hours and when I look before they're up to about a thousand dollars worth of funding on their ten thousand dollar goal so I think they'll be smashing uh, smashing that one uh, now in the next couple of days we've got uh, Microsoft launching the Surface Pro in New Zealand so that uh, that finally lands uh, lands here I'm sure there'll be a few people that'll uh, that'll be keen to uh, to get their hands on uh, on that we've certainly talked about that because we got one of the units when they when they launched in the US uh, and I mean I must say I've been looking at, uh, at the few sites where they um have all the graphs on people who own the Venn diagrams of people who own a Surface and people who work for Microsoft and whether they're actually a full and so Venn what diagram are, what, what, or a what, are, what are the stats? Um, are the stats? I th- uh, to be honest, I think a lot of these sites are slightly trolling oh, <laughs> Microsoft. Sure, I, I'm sure they are, but um, no, I and also, but there's a few um, a few from. Um, uh, from various sort of people who are involved in Microsoft to sort of see 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 the the bright side of it, but I mean, um, I have you. I've I've sort of I've had a bit of a tour around. It's still, it's a, they're lovely feeling pieces. Yeah, of kit. I mean, it is a nice piece of kit. It's you know for me, it's not quite a full laptop uh, you know replacement. There's a way that I use my laptop as I do right now with one on my you know leaning on one leg uh, uh, that 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 doesn't but, work so well on the surface, but. That I think we're moving into a world where the traditional sort of laptop style machine uh, will eventually become few and far between. And if we look at the I, next I, generation, I, I actually disagree with you on that. Yeah. I think that what lab, tablets have proven is that laptops are awesome. Because I must say, yeah. I committed to oh, okay, get my iPad, get my got my, my got my yeah, yeah. keyboard and that, and then I did go. Oh, but then I just carry around like these little, I mean, what the Air is, um, MacBook Air, and um, you've got the HP there, which is very similar form factor. Yeah, very I take very that so. and go, oh, God, thank God I've got my 11-inch Air. Oh, I can just for sure. hammer it out like a computer. But, but I've I, got but all I my think... keyboard shortcuts, my, and it just opens up. It has a slimmer profile than a tablet with a keyboard connected. And I don't know. I think that the way that it's going with the next generation Intel chip and... Um, or with a Haswell. Um, and and, and we, we'll be able to talk publicly about that in a couple of weeks because we certainly you know wouldn't have possibly seen one ahead of launch. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. We'll talk afterwards, Di. But uh, um, that, that technology is... Is going to do some very interesting things, and the new um, and and the new uh, atom uh, chips that are, yeah. that, are uh, that are that are coming through, uh, because you end up with you know with battery life that's just so much more, and you know I think that possibility of a true um, really powerful laptop that you know turns into a tablet without it ruining the laptop experience. Yeah. Uh, I think I think that's really coming, and we've got some devices that are part way there at the moment, but. 
like the Surface, you know, limited to four hours battery life, you know, the next generation in theory of that will, uh, you know, that'll be eight hours battery life. And, so, you know, that picture sort of changes a little bit. Um, now, Xbox One announcement. Yeah. That took place last week. Now, we've we're obviously, we've got Sony... Uh, they'd already made their announcement, although they haven't shown off, you know, what what the PlayStation Four is going to look like. Uh, now you got up very early in the morning. Uh, was yeah. it Thursday morning? Wednesday? Yeah, last uh, Wednesday. Wednesday morning, was, I, um, morning for the announcement. Five AM, I think it was. Enthusiastic is well, I'm. I'm will say I'm an Xbox fanboy. I love. Um, I'm very deep in the Xbox Live. Um, world, I am. Um, I'm a massive proponent and player of uh, of the sort of flagship games like um, Halo and Gears of War. Um, I was excited to see this. I was excited. Then once I my brain started analysing it, it was oh yeah, because the HDMI pass through situation. Um, a lot of it's going to be crucial on Sky Television getting on board with this, maybe. Or so, some. so I guess to to explain this for those that haven't caught the announcement, basically the the new Xbox it's going to be super fast. They have a Blu-ray player in it, so you can watch all your movies they, on they, it. They jumped um, off the HD DVD, the <laughs> high definition DVD. Yeah, that thing didn't uh, didn't really fly, did it? Uh, and, and yeah, you're going to have this HDMI port that you'll then be able to plug your set-top box in, and presumably, uh, you know, watch all of your content. Now, for the for the US market, I'm sure they've got enough relationships that they'll make that just work seamlessly with virtually you know anyone that that uh, you know provides a television service yeah, but what we don't know is what's going to happen in New Zealand are that how are they going to uh, you know deal with some of the content protection things around uh, you know HDMI and so on or is it just going to you know uh, purely pass straight through because the what they what they what they were demoing is the idea that the Xbox is always on and you go Xbox on TV CNN and so you never there. need to pick up a yeah. remote control for, just for a Sky remote or anything again, yeah, right? Or even a TV remote, in theory, you shouldn't have to because this will be able to control the volume on your TV, right? Yeah, so it's like, and they showed some, we were talking gestures before, some nifty sort of gestures of pulling and pushing your content around and um, like Skyping during playing a game or, Sky, or Skyping during watching a movie, sorry, so you could effectively watch a movie with some friends and stare at your friend in the living room on a small panel of the television. Um, it's, it came under a bit of heat for looking like a um, sort of just a big fat square DVR. I quite like that black industrial design look. It does look, um, I think, Brian Brushwood from the Twit Network, I was watching the um, coverage, he, he described it as the coverage. Xbox 360 in a dinner suit. <laughs> which, uh, which it sort of is. It's like the grown-up Xbox 360. Um, they definitely, which I found interesting, Sony went down the game route, mm. hardcore game mm. route, mm. that it's about sharing what you're gaming, sharing clips from your gaming, sharing your last kill shot and so forth. Mm. Xbox definitely went down the, we know you play games on it, here's why it needs to be number one in your living room. And I think they were saving their gaming announcements for E3, which will be... Yeah, well, that seems to... That's, you know, that's where people each year expect, hey, E3's a conference, we're going to hear about all the cool new games. And, uh, yeah, I guess now it's it's in Microsoft's court to... uh, you know, to excite everyone with the with the gaming side at uh, at E three, but you know they're certainly they're certainly showing, you know, their ability to I guess look at hey how can we take this product and reach a broader audience and a broader number of consumers with it, and they've been pretty successful. You know, even with the Xbox three sixty around that, they still seem to be you know generally uh, you know doing very well in terms of market share in most countries. So yeah, I, I'm uh, I'm quietly confident this will be a good release, but I think we have to wait and see exactly what the the PS4 delivers as well. Uh, but I, I think both of these should uh, both products should sell well. Yeah, uh, well, but but if if Microsoft can nail that entertainment side and just and just push that much further ahead of Sony, if they can really get ahead in that space. That that could push them to a you know to much bigger it's, sales as long as they don't drop the gaming side. It's the fight for the middle ground, to be honest, because hardcore gamers most likely will have both. Um, but it's the fight for that middle ground. Who someone's 
oh yeah, sort of as my kids grow up, I want them to be able to play a few games, but um, I've got this thing that's got all my... I mean, to an American audience, this is far more um, poignant because they're legitimately dealing with apps like Hulu and Netflix, whereas we've got sort of workarounds, so a very small percentage of people are using that over here. That's but true. If, when they've actually got all these TV apps... Um, they're well into your baseball and NBA and all these, which all have their own separate apps. So they're going Xbox, NBA, Xbox, MLB for baseball, you know, Netflix, Arrested Development. Whereas because mm. we, we don't have all that, it's very crucial on some sort of Sky integration. Otherwise, you're going to need an IR blaster to be able to contact your Skybox. Well, no, it has an IR Blaster oh, built IR into Blaster it. In it's it. built yeah. in as well. So that will be able to control your Skybox. So it's whether it'll do that automatically or whether you've got to go through some, um, you know, some manual hoops, um, you, know, a, a, you know, along the lines, um, you know, of the Slingbox, for instance. And, you know, I've got as far as setting that up with a TiVo, of which it's pre-programmed for, so it can handle that. Uh, no doubt the Xbox probably could do something similar to a degree maybe, uh, but there'll be limitations if they don't really sign up the deals with TVNZ, TV3 yeah. and Sky, you know, because they need to be able to get all that information about what's coming on TV next and all that, you know, proper programming guides. So uh, there's a lot we don't know and, and the next, uh, you know, the, the next uh, uh, few months I hope will, uh, really, you know, mean some positive news for New Zealand that we're not... Uh, uh, you know, just treated as second-class citizens because our market's so small. Um, so there's there's there's, um, there's that coming through now. Down down to phones. We've got all these phones scattered yeah. here. We said we were going to talk a little bit about about phones and uh, you know just making a decision. You know, everyone's got all these phones being thrown at them. Uh, the three platforms really at the moment. Um, you know, iOS still doing extremely strong in the market globally. Uh, lost quite a chunk of market share, I would pick now, to uh, Android from sort of some of the stats that we're starting yeah. to see uh, you know, here in New Zealand. Uh, but that's sort of starting to happen, you know, really on a global sort of basis, uh, partly because Android's got all these low-end, you know, low-end handsets as well. So, uh, you know, somebody with a very low budget can spend 200 bucks and get a get an Android handset of yeah, sorts. And have... And have thoroughly adequate access to email um, browsing downloading um, the Play Store iOS and Android definitely are ahead of the um, ahead of the game with very um, sort of there's not any many apps you're missing if between the two Google's really come to the party with the music side of things on the Play Store um, so I've found jumping between Android and iOS there's not much um, difference iOS, Apple still has it. They're, even though with their retina screen, colours are what better on Apple. The app, the camera, the colours are more real. Um, but but then that's because a lot of um, like Samsung tends to oversaturate. But that's um, you can turn that in sort of jiggy that round if you put it into movie mode or something. I think you've got better eyes than me because yeah. that probably hasn't jumped out to me between the you know yeah. between the phones but I mean also I guess from an Android perspective we've got three top end phones now we, you know we've got uh, you know Sony Samsung and you know HTC yeah. which are really high end handsets that are available locally in the market right now with those full high definition screens. And you have to say that you, you can't get all fanboy on it it's it's really um person's choice absolutely like the thing is going they each offer something different it's down to whether you um are, are sort of too finicky on industrial design you really like metal go with the htc you know samsung you can crack the back off chuck in another battery you know it's it's a real power user's phone then um, Sony brings a whole other design, and um, if you've got a, a penchant for dropping your phone near water, then that's the one for you. And then Nokia, 
beautiful design, completely different take on design. And um, Windows Phone, I think, also is a power user's yeah, phone. You, like, you spent some time with the uh, the Lumia 820 recently. How, yeah. how did you find that? Because yeah, if we look at the market, there's really only a you know maybe uh, you know it's at least globally anyway something like one in in twenty smartphone users is running Windows Phone as a platform. Uh, but it seems to be coming on reasonably strong with yeah. some of these new offerings from uh, Nokia, especially, and and you know HTC and Samsung have got some nice devices as well. Yeah, I um I enjoyed it. It wasn't really um for me, I think, mainly because I was a bit deeper in the Google um, universe. I enjoy the layout of it and the cleanness of it, and mm. ironically, I think. Um, Windows Phone will be doing a wee bit of a face palm when they see how much Apple <laughs> is going to garner from their design. When There's they, a, when they, if if or if the rumours about the, the flattening of true, iOS yeah. seven is iOS is going to look a little bit halfway um, between Google and Windows Phone. Yeah, um, it's it's definitely a device, and I think we're a good device, and we're in this time where it is down. To the consumer's choice, and I think if you're out there looking for a smartphone, don't be afraid to have a play around in the store for a while, because people like what they know. If you've always had an Android phone, you lean straight towards that Android phone. I would just go from the iPhone 4s to the 5. You know, have a that's, have a, a that's a natural sort of inclination, isn't it? Which I think is is part of Microsoft's uphill battle because they've got what now is a good platform. Uh, you know, as you say, Nokia in particular releasing some really nice hardware. We were looking at this uh, uh, Lumia five twenty. Uh, retailers are selling that in New Zealand for two hundred and seventy nine dollars at the a moment. Giveaway. Um, it's I mean that's a really really stunning piece of hardware with some nice software. Uh, but there's probably no iPhone user that would ever. You know, even think to sort of uh, look at it, or even look at it maybe for a family member. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's that's a handset that you know probably would would suit uh, you know a large portion of those who are just you know wanting to start out, get their the, first smartphone, um, you know, or or replace something that's not you know top end. The only reason you'd go iOS, personally, I think, is if you are into sound because Android has massive latency issues that they haven't got over yet. Um, so if you're using things like GarageBand and external plugins and all that, from an audio point of view, iOS is a bit more friendly just because there is this um, thing that's baked into iOS that handles the latency that, that Android has. I think, I think well, also, Android handles the multitasking in a completely sort of yeah, no, completely. different, yeah, basically an unmanaged sort of manner, isn't it? In, in, in comparison, uh, that you know, that that uh, and Windows Phone does you know, does something similar, I guess, to iOS, and so they're very, very strict around what an application can and can't do. Yeah, so, can. one application doesn't you know, muck up your sort of whole uh, world, and I guess there's a level of that also from, from the security perspective, which is why businesses are still, yeah, very much, hey iOS or Windows Phone or BlackBerry, you know, they're still more in that direction in a lot of cases than uh, Android, but we're starting to see that uh, op- open up more and more with some of the management tools out there. I think I think that Windows Phone has also the uphill battle and the fact of moving to Android, iOS or, or iOS to Android, it's quite a comfortable move. Right, like the only difference visually, really, are the widgets and the notification center. But you know, well, for a technical user, but I think there, you know, an audience. There are a lot of people that are really embedded with one, and a change to the other is quite, yeah, know, is quite. I was just meaning I've like you can look at it like because you can definitely set up an Android phone, right, to look. I've got a grid of right. square icons sure. that I tap, and they're the same icons that I have on my iPhone. Sure, Evernote, sure. Yep. Path, you know, yep. they're the yep. same things that you tap. I mean, I I enjoy the widget. I, my, also, my thing is, because I'm a, a tech geek, I will spend hours customizing a phone, mm-hmm. which an average person might find ridiculously boring and annoying. And, and then a few weeks later, you'll go, oh, I'm going to try this other phone now. Yeah, and then once, what, just as I've got it right, I'll go, oh, yeah. I might hop onto this phone now. <laughs> and spend hours customising that. But, yeah, I would have to say that what I've taken out of the phone 
thing is I don't think there'll ever be the perfect phone for me. I think I'll be often carrying two phones. I would recommend to anyone out there, have a look around, don't be shy, get get involved with having a little play and give give Windows Phone a bit of a go because the people might find if you've got a small close knit group Windows Phone could be for you the way they manage the people hub that has your Facebook Twitter text and everything combined that could be very compelling especially if you've got you know a tight family unit or whatever it's a good way to see it, the the flow of everyone yeah, and at that, I mean, that low end price point, it's it's pretty, you know, it's now competitive. Before there really was only the choice of Android. If you wanted a low cost smartphone, yeah, it was Android, and and that was sort of you know your default and only option. So it's good to see a bit of competition. Um, so flicking flicking through the phones, um, the the Galaxy S four for you, you're pretty impressed with that overall, right? When I'm looking at it from the front, I'm very impressed. What did you think about the back? Did you notice the uh, the logo on this one? You've um, got a 4G logo on yours. That's intriguing. And you've blacked out the A and the G. <laughs> well, the thing is that I didn't black out the A oh, and the G. fell off. That, that, the letters are actually literally falling off or getting scratched off very easily in the pocket. But, uh, but the thing is, Samsung would be the first to probably confess they don't care about design. It's about oh, banging I, out cheap phones. Oh, I'm not sure they would quite, quite say that on an uh, yeah, <laughs> no, what look, is it, $1,149 uh, look, phone. I, I think, I don't know what they're thinking. Like I, re- like, I love industrial design. HTC One like, is is a beautiful design phone. The screen is gorgeous on the S4. I love using the S4. Um, it's a power user's phone. Um, I wish you could get different backs for it. Um, it just does you can th- actually change, and they've got those the smart cover and stuff like that, yeah, or, or whatever the, the name of it is that uh, lets you you know close it in. Still I've take, got one of those, and yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's I pretty cool, that. right? You can take photos through it. You can close it and just see you know still see some details yeah, without and it, and it, the cover it, on the it front. Combines you, it brings you notifications, squeezes that down to there. I I just I must say I'm not the build quality of Samsung has never um, never inspired me. Mm. But, I mean, it's not. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it, it, I think for a device that's that expensive, it should be a bit more a bit more bells and whistles. Mm. Um, I think that's because I've always been used to um, the iPhone, um, which has... A well, the re- iPhone 5 is, is a gorgeous build, isn't it? It's a, you know, it's a very stylish yeah, piece it's of a gorgeous uh, build hardware, and, you know, and in many ways... Uh, you know, it's still unique. Uh, the the new now the new HTC One that's got a lot of sort of iPhone esque sort of feel to it. Um, you know, in terms of the body with Android on the inside, Android on the inside, and a feature that is wonderful: speakers on the front. How cool is that? It definitely makes a difference to the sort of the volumes that you can. Uh, the, the, yeah, that because you I notice I notice that you often naturally rest a phone on its back, and if you're playing something. For instance, on the Samsung, the speakers are on the back, and on the iPhone, they're down at the at the bottom. Um, they're sort of, but if you're watching a video and the sounds just coming out, um, HTC have the um, the boom sound, the, the, the beats, beats by Dr. Dre. That's it, um, and it does it definitely raises the volume on that phone, but. You every phone, as we're saying, with the on the software side of things, brings a different. Um, trick to the party and they're never all going to be combined onto one phone you're not going to have the rich feature set of Samsung and the build quality of an iPhone or an HTC with the speakers on the front and then the people hub from Windows phone I don't, I don't know I, I think we are I think you know what we look at today across all these different phones and you know the, the, the Lumia 920 which is really tough maybe you won't necessarily get that sort of toughness in a smaller thinner phone although yesterday i saw their lumia 925 which is the uh the sort of you know aluminium sort of uh you know steel sort of feel yeah. um of you know of the 9 920 but uh much slimmed down uh you know, 50 grams off the weight about 130 grams really really nice and looking I'll... but that's got the wireless charging in it um, so you've got you know a few bits in there, and we've heard that the S4. We heard these rumours a while back. Um, 
and then they were confirmed. Well, it's not official from uh, from Samsung yet, but there's enough noises that it seems to be confirmed. It's going to be a ruggedized version of the S4. Yeah. Uh, which presumably that ruggedized also includes waterproof and dustproof, from what we're hearing. That's true. Um, you know, which is one of the you know standout features of the uh, Sony Xperia Z. So I don't know. I'm, no. I'm I'm thinking we will see that convergence over. Over time, I mean, we, you know, we tend to see something unique in each device, and then you know, eventually, oh look, everyone's got a big screen now, and you know, next year yeah. everyone's got a full HD screen, and, and I think, oh, everyone's got wireless charging, like you know, like the Nokia there. I think my my takeaway from this is if you're ever in a cage fight and the only phone, you're only allowed to have a phone as a weapon, take the Lumia 920. It's got weight <laughs> and indestructible qualities. It's, it's definitely for a big and heavier phone, it still has an amazing feel to it. And I've got a rugged screen and so forth. But no, I am um, really enthused at the um, direction all companies are going. With their um, with the with their cell phones, and I think well, smartphones really these days, and I think um, they can all be safe that there is a market. There's enough. There's enough market for all three. It just, I guess, it comes down to whether Samsung, you know, becomes the winner that takes all and takes over the market because their market share just keeps going yeah, up and the, up and up. To, you know, to the point that you know, you know, Apple's shares are are a bit in the doldrums and so on. And you know, we've really seen uh, you know the the other players struggle with numbers, but we just heard that HTC with well, the HTC One, I think, are about five million units sold. So they're actually tracking probably a lot better than they have done in the past so yeah some pretty cool devices um what we'll do is we've got a whole bunch of stuff here not enough time to sort of spend no. hours chatting through them we'd we'd love to keep going but uh um you know everyone will probably fall asleep if, yeah. we're, if we're here for too many hours i know um, I've and got, we want to let got, you off the hook i've got to get, I've I know got to you get got, you got to get out of here um but uh we will put a bit more info up on the website maybe a couple of the standout features from uh from each phone yeah, so uh, um and and there are some there are definitely some cool things about them so um that pretty much wraps us up for uh for this week but really appreciate coming and, oh, and joining us on fun. the podcast i love phones time. get out uh, and look at phones feel phones <laughs> Get it, get, you know, don't don't be shy. Don't get stuck in this two-year contract thing. Find I a know. way to get another phone. Yep, absolutely. Uh, now, Di, where do we track you down online? People can find you on, on, me, uh, on um, Twitter, right, to start on with? On Twitter, at Di Henwood. Um, visit bjn.me if you want a few comedy uh, podcasts. We do. We have three podcasts from various different comedians up there, sports, um, women's magazines, and um, the top tens of every topic you could imagine. So that's www.bjn.me. Or um, Dice the official ba- Die Henwood site is DieSpace dot DieSpace, love it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I hope that's more of a success than uh, than MySpace's uh, re- 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 resurrection <laughs> hey, for you, I mate. If I can go massive and sell out at the right time, fine by five hundred million. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, well, hey, yeah, thanks everyone for listening in. Do do check out nztechpodcast.com for a bit more detail on uh, on the phones, and also if you're interested in in uh, in a copy of uh, of the book that we uh, that we spoke about um, earlier, which is which called is- My Little My Little Geek. And um, that's by Andrew and Sarah Spear. And I must say, um, I'm going to get my hands on a copy. It's brilliant. So, yeah, that's, um, that's, that wraps us up. So check out there and do follow us on Twitter, you know, all the, all the social networks, Facebook, we're all on there. And you can track me, Paul Spain, down uh, on Twitter as well, just at Paul Spain. All right, see ya. <laughs>